Do you think not knowing the right way of doing things is actually an advantage? Well, my guest today thinks so, and you are going to absolutely love this interview with Rhea Allen, president of Pepper Shock Media, a marketing company in Idaho, and she has professed that she did everything wrong because she didn't know the right way, but it actually led to fantastic success for her marketing company. So we go all throughout her journey to become this amazing powerhouse of a marketing consultant, and also a lot of tips and tricks along the way that you can use to market your own business. Now you are going to absolutely love this interview, so let's dive in. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm. But I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast. I am here with Ray Allen, and I'm super excited to talk to her. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ray. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. Okay, so let me know what has brought you here. Tell me about your career and what you do for a living. So my husband and I, um, we started, um, before he was my husband, we worked together at a TV station and uh, put on news Uh, and I was a newscast director and he was a technical director. And uh, fast forward, we moved to Seattle. Uh, He went to the Art Institute, got a degree in uh, video production and design. I worked on my master's degree and in entrepreneurship and marketing and also worked for a station up there. In the afternoons, I did a lot of uh, sports marketing and television promotions. And then at night, I would direct nightly news. Um, Worked there for a while, realized it was not gonna be my forever job. I wanted to have my own company and uh, decided that Seattle would be, you know, we would just be like a little tadpole in a big, huge sea of competition. So we moved back, we boomeranged back to the Boise, Idaho area. And um, lived just right outside of, of the, the main uh, metropolitan area and started our business here. Um, we got married in August of 2003 and then started the business in October 2003. <laughs> oh, busy year. <laughs> yeah, busy year. Uh, and we just, you know, we, we had day jobs that we came back to and then uh, just kind of moonlighting and starting Pepper Shock. And, and we got that going and then have, you know, been at this for almost, you know, 18 years now and grew our staff, grew our client base. And now uh, I like to say we serve Fortune None to Fortune 100 companies across the globe. And of course, our Fortune Nuns are our, you know, charitable contributions and and nonprofits and and government entities and maybe some startups that we want to, you know, put in some sweat equity for and, and, uh, you know, have some some share in that. And and then all the way up to um, big companies that utilize us for um, maybe, you know, they may have an internal marketing team, but uh, they may not either have the time to do what needs to get done or the talent. They may not have the specific talent that we have um, or and they want to pay 
So time, talent, and treasure is what we're, we're able to do for those bigger companies. Uh, but the small to mid-sized companies that we work with, um, you know, sometimes they utilize us for their marketing department and they outsource us and we augment their team. And we are a, um, a full service agency to those that need what we need to do. And we have a video production studio, we have a graphic design uh, department, as well as copywriting and social media management. Uh, we really do a lot of the different types of things that, that customers need. And I also train and teach those who need to understand how to put the marketing plan together and how to track it and what budgets they need and, and the timelines and all the things that they need to, you know, if it's not necessarily done for you, it's done with you um, in, those, in those circumstances. So either we can do it for you or we can do it with you. And uh, so, yeah, we've been doing that. And then I'm also an adjunct professor of marketing at Boise State University. So that's where I'm at now. And uh, I have two boys, uh, teenagers, they're in Boy Scouts. And uh, my 15 year old is going to Eagle Scout uh, before he gets his driver's license. <laughs> that was the deal. <laughs> and then my 13 year old um, is, uh, he's active in Boy Scouts and then swimming um, is his deal. And then my you know older one, uh, the one that wants to get his license, he's uh, in football and track, so. That's, that's kind of a roundabout uh, story, you know, with Drew and I work together still to this day and uh, run and operate the company and um, either that or we run schedules for our kids and taking them everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think we can all relate to that. I've got two boys myself. So ah, it's, yes, yes. <laughs> it's almost like a full-time job in and of itself. Totally. So yep. I love that. I love how you moved from Seattle to Idaho, knowing that you would have a little bit more success there. Now, when you first made that move and you started up your business, what was that like? I mean, you're breaking into not only a completely new geographic region, but almost a brand new business, a new industry, because you were primarily in TV and now you're moving out to this marketing. What was that like? What did you think is kind of key to your success there? Well, I was young uh, at the time. I mean, I was 24 when we started the business. And so I think that um, at that time, you know, you're invincible and you know everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I think I, I, you know, I'll say that that was an advantage because I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I really had to learn how to, to ran, run a business, to, to operate and to, and then hire employees and manage clients and, you know, all these things that I really had to learn from the ground up, right? I didn't work in an agency previous um, to this one. I mean, Drew had interned at several agencies in Seattle, kind of got the big city experience that way. I had worked with agencies as doing station promotions and things during the, because news works where you work in the afternoon and then you work and, and news comes on at 11 o'clock in Seattle. So you kind of work the swing mm -hmm. shift. And so during the you know afternoons, I would help with promotions and do things. And so, you know, other agencies were around and um, got into a lot of the sports marketing side of things, but I had not worked in an agency before. I'd never run one before and here I am running one. And so uh, I really had to do a lot of things to, to learn from the ground up and ask a lot of questions to other people that were willing to talk to me and, uh, and, and then get into some associations and things that I could just rely on other people's input and, um, you know, advice and, you know, whether I chose to listen to it or not, it's another story, but I, I did. I think that to my advantage in one degree is that I didn't know how to do things 
the right way or what would be perceived as the right way. So I did them my way. And I believe that that might've been an advantage because I did things that were maybe more modern or different than what you would normally do in an agency because that's just the way it's always been done. And mm. so I didn't know the way that it's always been done. And so I created my own way. And that's, you know, there's still things to this day that I think we do differently than other agencies. And we have, um, you know, used that to our advantage. So yeah, I think that it's definitely, um, uh, it's, you know, looking back on it, you know, I'm sure there's lots of things I would have done differently had I known better, but uh, <laughs> I had to learn somewhat the hard way. And, you know, I love that insight there where you did it your own way and then maybe learned afterwards that maybe that wasn't the way that everybody else does it, but it still worked for you, right? Totally. And having that, not only just gumption, making it work and then having it work and doing that kind of almost trial by fire I love that lesson there. It's very poignant. <laughs> so when you first opened up Pepper Shock, did you start with maybe like one or two services? Because right now you do quite a lot. And then did you gradually expand or did you start off with this full plate of services? So we, so Drew's the video production producer, you know, extraordinaire and After Effects guy. So he he did the kind of the, the technical visual and then I did the marketing strategy and planning and that was my education. And that's kind of what I had taken interest in and what I, you know, done with station stuff before and even jobs prior to TV stations. I, you know, did retail and just a number of little, you know, high school and college jobs. Right. And so I um, really had that interest. And so we literally married the two together. So marketing strategy and planning and then, you know, design and video to implement it. And then what we started having happen is like, well, can you, can you design this? Can you do that? And so we actually hired a graphic designer. Um, and then we, you know, hired an art director and then now a creative director. And then we hired copywriters and then we hired, you know, so, so it grew and now we have another video producer too. And so it just kind of expanded as our clients needs expanded and grew. And, um, you know, we were doing the media buying and I had worked in television. So I knew all about how to do media buying and, and from the flip side, right. Um, so I had some insider knowledge on, you know, from the other side of the fence. So um, we worked on all of those, uh, just gradually building and expanding what we were capable of doing. And now really it's a lot of digital and a lot of, um, you know, uh, advertising, paid advertising through social media as well. And uh, Google AdWords and, and and those types of things. And really, you know, our clients, um, you know, we have the ability to, to, grow with them and what they need and what their needs are uh, and then to understand what they want to do internally versus what they need our help doing um, that they don't either have the time or talent to do. So we, um, you know, partner with them based on what their needs are, what their growth goals are, all of those things. And, you know, recently within this last year, um, during the pandemic, we created a site that uh, will, you know, for those that want to somewhat do a DIY or, you know, done with you, um, or do it yourself kind of thing. Uh, instead of done for you, we created a website that allows people to subscribe to it. And then they can get all kinds of good training and podcasts and information and swipe files and downloadables and content calendars and just things that they can use um, on their own if they need to. And then we also offer now a masterclass that um, I can teach them the, the process of going through creating a marketing plan and a budget and doing a marketing audit and empathizing with their client and the things that they need 
to know um, that we already usually will do with our bigger clients. And so we do this, um, you know, for those that need it, and then they can rely on us when they need us when they aren't able to do the things that they need to get done. So um, it's called the marketing expedition.com. Uh, the has to be in there because of the <laughs> domain name, but the marketing expedition.com because we're all going on a marketing journey together and teaching and sharing and showing and giving ideas. And there's a community on Facebook that we've built up and, you know, people will ask questions and just need, you know, some advice or input, or what do you think of this or that or the other? And, uh, you know, people will help answer those questions. So it's been fun to, to do that. I think um, just to kind of share the knowledge that we've gained over the last 18 years of, you know, different things and tactics and, and new trends and new things that are coming out too. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So we're going to link down below in the show notes, if you're watching or checking out the podcast here, we'll put the marketing expedition down there so you can go check it out yourself. So as you're doing the, this marketing with your clients, what would you say kind of sets apart your process from maybe a more traditional way? Cause we've already established that you kind of do things your own way here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say, especially now that I'm teaching agency operations to college students, right. They're learning, um, you know, like the way things that agencies run and operate. So I've actually had to research what other things that other agencies do as a, as a result of this. But I would say what makes us different is the fact that we did marry together the marketing strategy and planning along with the creative production services. Traditionally, agencies would just be in charge of the strategy and the planning and the messaging um, and the budgeting and timeline and those types of things. And then they would outsource the creative services. With us, we were kind of already at the get-go, a hybrid agency where you would get from start to finish, right? You would get the strategy, the planning, the budgeting, the timelining, the messaging, the you know target audience analysis, all of those things. And then, oh, by the way, now we can help you implement all of these things that we've come up with, all the ideas and tactics that we want to take. And now let's decide who's going to do what, you know, that division of duties of you know what the company itself is going to take on versus what they can allow us to help them with. And and so it's kind of a nice thing. I think that's one thing that we definitely straight away did different than a lot of agencies um, and a lot. Of creative production shops too because generally they you know would rely on the agency to bring them business and so then it was just a nice kind of um marriage if you will uh, literally and figuratively <laughs> uh, and, and so that's one thing that i know that has been uh, different and a lot of agencies now are starting to kind of take on some video work and and do some things there um but i think the other thing that makes us different or unique um, is, you know, we're husband and wife team. So that helps in some degree where we can work together that way. And then another kind of different thing that I think um, maybe that sets us apart is that we have people who are experts in their field in every area that I think a company could need. And if we don't have it, then we have a huge um, a resource of people we can pull from that do each of those expertise that we need. And since we've been doing this for 18 years, we've come to rely and trust those people that we know that we can call up and say, hey, I really would need you to do, you know, I need you to program the back end of this website. Here's what we would love for you to work on with us to do this. Or, you know, hey, we need you to do some crisis PR. I don't do a lot of crisis PR. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but some people just love it, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're, you know, media junkies who just love crisis PR. So then I will call on some, you know, resources that we have that can handle, you know, if something 
were to come up, we can support and then we can direct and we can guide and we can, you know, collaborate with them um, and bring them in as a part of our team and, you know, just say, hey, we're partnering with, with you know, these people to help you with this part of the, the you know, plan that you need. Um, and so that that's kind of the uh, another, I think, unique thing is that we've built up so many good resources um, and all over the country. Um, we have, you know, people from Boston to Chicago to, you know, in Canada, even, you know, we can call <laughs> the resources that we need. Um, and I think that that relationship with our partners has been um, really a, a one of the keys to our success is being able to partner with them because it's reciprocal. Um, you know, mm -hmm. they'll bring us business, we'll bring them business kind of thing. And that makes it really um, makes us, you know, be able to, to offer our services to, to others as well. All right, we're going to get right back to this episode because it is so good. But I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you feel like you're doing all of the things in your business, hustling like crazy, and yet nothing seems to be moving you towards your goals? If so, it could be because you're focusing on the wrong thing. And over the years, I totally felt that in my business as well. That's why I developed a set of questions that without fail would move me onto the right track every single time I use them. Now, I want to share these questions with you. And what I've done is created this really simple and powerful quiz where you go, you answer these questions, and it gives you exactly what you should be focusing on right now in order to move the needle and see growth in your creative biz. It works like gangbusters. And not only will you get the result of what you should be focusing on, but you're also gonna get this really detailed report with some in-depth strategies that you can use right away to start seeing progress. Now, I want you to go check it out. It's called the Focus Finder Quiz. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus. Go check it out today. I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. It's going to make a huge difference. That's wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus. Okay, without further ado, let's head back to the interview. You know, and I think that's a key lesson too, because a lot of the times we do, especially if we're in the marketing field or like the creative professional fields, we kind of feel like we have to do everything ourselves. So a client will come to us with a project that maybe will involve video or, you know, audio, and maybe we're a designer or maybe we're a developer and that's not really our thing. So almost our, our first instinct is like, okay, well, how do I teach myself how to do this? Right. But you really don't have to do that. You can create a network of people who have these referrals, you can work together so that you don't have to be kind of okay at everything. And you can really just focus on your zone of genius. Yep. Yep. So, and I think that's good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I know you talked a lot about working with people on their, their own marketing plans for their businesses. And I know that you kind of have a focus more on the storytelling aspect and kind of the key, um, you know, the features of relating more to your clients or your own customers. So tell me a little bit more about that. How do you think that you do that differently or the benefits of that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, by teaching the the lessons, the basics of, of what, you know, what we can do in terms of building your brand and your bottom line, in understanding how to do that. A lot of times, and you may know this, but a lot of times people will be like, well, I tried this and I tried that. And I don't know if it's going to work. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's working or not. Uh, you know, we, we did this, we did that. And then they just don't have like a whole 
roadmap or whole plan to understand, you know, what's working, what's not, what to stop, start, keep, and, and then continue, right, um, to build, or maybe before you stop something, maybe there's something that needs to be tweaked, or maybe there's a new iteration with a different message or a different image or whatever the case might be. If we can give people the, the tools to understand how to monitor and monetize what they're doing to make sure that, you know, what efforts they're putting forth is actually going to bring a return on their marketing investment, right? Because you, you need to invest in your marketing, right? We don't want to look at marketing as a cost. We want to look at it as an investment. And so if they can have that mindset of thinking, okay, I'm investing in my marketing. I need to make sure that I'm going to get that return on what I'm investing in then the idea behind that is that they will do make and make decisions based on what they measure and you know what they treasure. I always say measure what you treasure, dump what you don't, and automate what you hate. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what would you say, what would you say would be the first action someone should take right now, taking what they've heard here in this podcast? The first thing that I typically recommend is to perform a marketing audit. And there's a number of things that we go through in that process. And even if you aren't able to hire us to do the marketing audit, then you need to do it on your own. Um, sometimes it's nice to have a third party kind of looking in and peeking second in to, set see, of eyes. You know, yeah. <laughs> to see what's really truly happening. And I always tell people a marketing audit is not as painful as a financial audit. So first of all, you know, we try to make it fun and there are some sticky note throwdowns that we do. But the idea behind it is understanding where you're at in your marketing efforts, what you've tracked, what you've not tracked, and how much you've spent to acquire new customers, what the lifetime value of those customers are, who you're trying to target most, um, like your primary target, your secondary, your tertiary, who it is that you want to go after, what you can do to step into their shoes and empathize with your target audience, what kind of things are they going to want to hear, see, say, do, feel uh, when they are associated with your brand. And if you can resonate with your, you know, persona of the the most perfect client that you want to walk through your door and you can understand from their perspective and, and especially now because, you know, we're all in this pandemic weird phase, like the things that we're all going through is, is different than it was a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, or a little over a year ago, I should say. And, and so just really empathizing with them and understanding, you know, where are they going to get your messaging? How are they going to consume it, right? And it's changed, right? Because now everyone's on on the digital, on the screens or listening and, and yeah. you know, podcasts have, have exploded. So how are they going to get to you? And that's how you can then understand what's working, what to stop, what to start, what to keep, what to tweak, what to, you know, measure and not, and, and, you know, who you need to help you um, fill in the gaps that you may not have the time, talent, or treasure to do. So if you can leverage uh, your own staff or your own people or your own talent, then now what can you do to, you know, use time wisely to do what you do in your business and and then maybe um, outsource some of the things that you would otherwise, you know, have somebody else do better than you, or Mm -hmm. maybe have the time to do than you don't. So marketing audits are the number one thing that I would, I would do. And even if you just have to do a mini audit, you know, taking a look at your social media, benchmarking where you're at, you know, it's not always about how many followers you have, but the quality of followers and, you know, the engagement rates and the things that, that matter. So, um, looking at that, looking at your website, looking at, you know, all of your materials, are your, is your branding consistent? Um, are you using 10 million different fonts on all the different things that you're doing? You know, 
know, does your website look consistent with your Facebook and your Insta? I mean, what are some things that you can take a look at that might help you, um, you know, with your branding efforts, with your awareness, with your, you know, marketing promotion, all those things that are going to be important, especially now that we may be starting to get out of this pandemic era and being able to, you know, go to events again and be, mm -hmm. you know, in the community again and being out and about and in, you know, the, the, the spaces and places that you otherwise once were before, you know, um, look at it and see, see what, from their perspective, from your client's eyes, what are they seeing and how can you maybe look to improve or, you know, what are some things that you could do to do that? So that would be my first thing for, for any client, uh, you know, to start with the audit. And, and I insist on it when, when we work with clients, um, it's the best way that we can move forward and to help them. Um, if we don't get to do the marketing audit with them to begin with, um, it never works out as well as it otherwise could, because we want to take a deep dive into what they are doing um, and understand where they've been and where they want to go and what their goals are. And, you know, all of those things that help us uh, be a better agency for them. So. Wonderful. Well, that's great. So, um, and I'm assuming on your website there with the DIY stuff, you have some marketing audit resources that people yep, could use. Uh, yep. Peppershock.com slash audit. And you can Perfect. check it out and there's some <laughs> happy clients that tell you, tell you all about why it's important to do an audit to begin with. Wonderful. All right. So I ask everybody on the podcast this question. Do you have a hobby or activity that you do in your spare time just for yourself? <laughs> Spare time. I have two boys like <laughs> 10 different sports. Um, you know, I would say somebody asked me the other day, is like, what do you do for you? Um, I will I will admit I still would get my nails done. Um, I need to right now, but I, you know, I'm just funny. I have no appointment thing. in like an hour. <laughs> I know I need to, I need to, I'm going to, um, but I, I was like, that's the one thing that I can give to myself that time to, to at least enjoy. And, and yes, I do the full manicure, full pedicure, you know, the full thing. Cause that's like the one thing that I have been consistently able to do. And I usually invite a couple of my girlfriends over, you know, to do, to do that with, and then we just have, you know, time to, to chat and catch up and it's just not no pressure, you know, stress reliever kind of thing. Um, but as far as a hobby goes, um, my grandma is a certified master ceramics teacher. And oh, so, really? so, yeah, so she's, she's my whole life. Um, I, you know, have been around ceramics and painting and being, you know, artistic in that regard and, and, you know, clay, you know, modeling and all that. So um, I occasionally will get to go and do some ceramics with her and she has her ceramic shows and she sells her stuff. And, and uh, so I like to, to do, you know, I like to paint things and, and be around her, you know, she's 80 some odd years old now. And so it's always kind of been a fun thing for us to do. And she, you know, she'll pour, she doesn't do the pouring as much anymore. Cause you know, when you get older, it's a little bit harder to do, but uh, you know, mm -hmm. she has a kiln and so I'll put things in the kiln with her and, and do some fun things. So, uh, and then my boys, you know, they always get to go paint and then they submit their paintings and their, you know, their ceramics into the, the county fairs and they usually win all kinds of awards and <laughs> it's fun to watch. And I did that when I was little. So it's kind of fun to watch them get to be artistic. And, and she's just, uh, you know, she's a great teacher. She gets to go and judge. She usually will travel, you know, before COVID. COVID, BC, 
before COVID, uh, BC, yeah. judge, you know, at the fairs. And so sometimes I'd go with her and, and take her to those different places. And so, um, I just think that, you know, ceramics is a nice little outlet to just, you know, enjoy and be creative and have fun. And, and, uh, you know, uh, you get to see what your creation be, is, is going to turn out to be once it's fired. And, and, uh, so yeah, yeah, I like, I like ceramics. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ray. This has been a fantastic conversation. I'm super excited to get this out into people's podcasts. Um, If you're listening, definitely go check out Ray. We are going to link all of her social media down below and her website and all of the resources she mentioned here today. Uh, Thank you so much, Ray. Well, thank you. I really appreciate this. This is a wonderful opportunity to be able to share uh, about what we do and the, you know, getting creative and um, making, what is it, uh, making money, being creative, right? Earn, earn what you're worth. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me, and I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.